Good morning, ladies. We have a good size house today. Thank you guys all for joining us. I see old faces, new faces. Uh, that's awesome. Um, like Rochelle said, thank you, Rochelle, for that. And thank you uh, for always being sensitive to the spirit, letting him guide you to just the right songs, the right scripture uh, to welcome us up into his presence. Let me, and let me pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you for the privilege that you've given me to share your word today. And I come in agreement with Rochelle, Heavenly Father, that you would prepare hearts to receive the word that you have. Um, I am but your vessel, Heavenly Father, willing to do your work. May it be your words that spill from my mouth, Heavenly Father, to impact the hearts of these women. We thank you, Lord, for this place. In Jesus' name, amen. How I love this place. And I can't tell you enough how I love this place. Um, these women have welcomed me, have taught me, have trained me. And today, as I walked in here, nervous as can be to present the word of God, woman after woman has come alongside me to pray with me, to encourage me. There just is no place like this. Um, so if you have the opportunity to come in person, to be here, um, I would encourage you to do that so that you can know the love that is in this place. So this here, our focus is Galatians 5.22, walk in the spirit and bear much fruit. So my prayer for us is that by the end of this Christown year, which is in May, correct? Which is in May, that this word would be embedded in our heart that we would know the truth of, of this scripture in and out, that we would know it fully. So I want you to join me out loud, you ladies on Zoom, you too, <clears throat> to say the scripture, however it is that you have it memorized, because sometimes different scriptures use different words, but let's say it out loud. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law, right? So by the end of this uh, Christown year, that should be fully memorized and embedded in our hearts. Today, we'll be talking about how his presence produces patience. Um, and you guys have an outline there before you. We're going to jump in to Galatians 5, 22a. And I'm going to, um, this section is from the Amplified Version. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, whose presence? The Spirit's presence within us. At the beginning of the year, the first um, teaching that we had, uh, Jennifer gave us, and she did a great teaching on the Holy Spirit. If you didn't get it, if you weren't here or you didn't get a chance to watch it, I would encourage you to go watch it. It is an amazing teaching. One of the things that she talked about in there was that the fruit of the Spirit is a trinity. It is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit 
all displaying the character of the Father. Jesus displays the character of the Father. The Holy Spirit displays the character of the Father. And the Holy Spirit as um, born-again Christians dwells within us, therefore uh, giving us the power to display the character of the Father. It is his presence within us that gives us the ability to display the Father's character. Carol Mason last week did an, an awesome teaching as well, and she was talking about abiding uh, in Christ, because this uh, is where we, we bear our fruit, is in the spirit and in abiding in Christ, to rest, to be firm and immovable, to endure or sustain, to wait for, not depart, to dwell, to continue to be present, to remain. John 15, 4, the Amplified, again, version. This is one of my favorites. Miss uh, Carol uh, Jones gave me my first Amplified Bible, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, <clears throat> but John 15, 4, the Amplified, reads, Remain in me, and I will remain. I love the uh, wills. Because those are promises. This will come to pass. When God tells you he will, he will. And I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith. So the fruit is evidence of your faith. Unless you remain in me. There on your outline... There is a, a diagram. I went to a prayer um, conference about a month or so ago. And in there was a teaching on this diagram. I'm only going to share a little, a little bit of that teaching with you. Um, but it's there on your diagram. It says God's kingdom versus my kingdom. There you'll see Jesus. And underneath that is God's kingdom. God's story. On, on the right side, you'll see me and underneath that, my kingdom, my story. As believer, we can still wrongly live for our own kingdom, where our mission is to protect ourselves and our story. So many times what we do is that we're living our own life, doing our own things, living the way according to our own way of thinking and how things should be. And when we come across hard times, we invite Jesus into our kingdom, right? Where God wants us to invite, or God has invited us into his kingdom for his story. God places us <clears throat> in his kingdom where Jesus is king to accomplish his purpose, for his story in our lives. Ladies, so, so many times we want to not have to go through the struggle. We want to not have to watch our children go through a struggle. But God is writing a story where he is the one to be glorified, where he is the one to shine. To seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be provided. He provides all we need to put him and his glory on display. 
when we accept his invitation to go into his kingdom, he is the one being on display. <clears throat> Psalm, Psalm 1, 1 through 3 is one of my, all the scriptures are my favorite, right? Um, but this is one that I always go to. And again, this is an amplified version. And this is just another illustration of being, um, abiding and enduring. And it reads, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers, ridiculers. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Do you anticipate meeting with him, digging into his word? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and teaching, he habitually, habitually, right? Not just every now and again, but habitually always meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That God is saying that that's who we will be if we stay rooted in him. There's another diagram there on your, on your outline. Um, and if you take a look, this is an example of being firmly planted, right? Deeply rooted. Um, abiding and if you see take a look there there's a seed planted and then it slowly takes root but you don't see uh, from the from the outside you can't see that there's a plant there the roots go down deep and that's what we how we are to be with God to abide in him, to spend our time with him, to establish that relationship that, and be in his presence and delight in him. And then we come up and then fruit will begin to bear. And the more that we grow, the more that we mature, the deeper our roots continue to grow and take hold to get our nourishment from the father. And that's abiding in him. And then we'll grow into maturity and produce fruit for ourselves and others. And that's abiding. And if those roots stop getting the nourishment from the soil, that tree will die and wither. So we have to remain in him. So what are tangible ways uh, we abide? Uh, and I have a couple here uh, in his word. Again, do we delight in it? Are we intentional and habitual about digging into his word? So again, a tangible way is in his word, delighting in it. Another way is in prayer, to be present with him. <clears throat> to be present with him. A scripture that comes to mind, and forgive me, I don't know the address, but it's where God says, uh, well done and good, good and faithful servant. But then to the other who wasn't obedient, he said, 
um, go from me. I do not know you. Well, how does God not know? Because he, we're not in his presence. We're not allowing the spirit to come and look through all of our crevices. We're not allowing ourselves to be exposed to the spirit and to God, for God to do the work that he needs to do. Do we come to him just with our concerns or do we come with praise? Do we come with him with our hopes and our dreams, our fears and our cares, making all of us known to the Father? So come to him in prayer. <clears throat> Another way to abide is in obedience to his word. So we're not just listening to his word, but we're being obedient to what his word says. Another tangible way to abide is in fellowship with believers. Here today, us gathering together to hear his word, to discuss his word, to share amongst each other how wonderful he is. This is part of abiding in him. And there I have a whole bunch of psalms um, about abiding. We are not going to go into those today. That's a lot. Um, but I put those there. Um, so that maybe you can do that as homework on your own. And ladies, um, I know there are times in my, in my life where I don't have the desire to, to dig in and to delight. But I will tell you, God is faithful. If that is where you are right now, pray, ask God, and he will give you the desire of your heart to delight in him, to abide in him. So if you have time, go through those. Or not even if you have time. Make it a, make it a chore for your week or an assignment for your week. One a day or two a day. So fruit does not come from our human effort. It is a product of our abiding relationship with God. Okay, I will say that again. Fruit does not come from our human effort. It is a product of our abiding relationship with God. With that being said, we're going to dig into patience. Are you ready? Yes, I know. That's how I felt all week. <laughs> when I was teaching a first grade class um, many years ago, I asked my students, what, what does patience mean? What do you think patience mean? And I had this little guy raise his hand. And I'm like, yes, what do you think? And he's, and he's simple. He said, willing to wait. My mind just blew. I, it was so simple, but right on point. And at that time, I knew what Peter meant when he was telling Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Because here's this little first grader. Um, giving me wisdom, willing to wait, quiet, uncomplaining endurance under stress or annoyance, quiet, uncomplaining. In 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2, I don't know if that's on your outline there. Um, it's 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Ladies, I know um, 
Some of you may be waiting for your husband to come to the Lord. Some of you may be waiting for your husband to lead your home in spiritual matters. Let him lead you. Let the Lord lead you in your quiet, gentle spirit, trusting in his timing and his way. Um, Hebrews 6.12. I know, I think on your paper, it says Hebrews 6.13. Uh, that is my fault. That's a typo that I put there, but it's Hebrews 6.12. And it reads, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. See, ladies, we have, an, uh, they call it a cloud of witnesses, right? A cloud of witnesses of, of men and women who before us um, held fast to their faith and were patient and waiting for God to answer them. So it says, uh, faith and patience equal the promise. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confident in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Trusting God at his word, even when it doesn't make sense to us. Trusting word God in his timing. But God does not promise that your situation will change. But he does promise that you will change through the situation if you abide, if you wait on him, if you have faith and you wait. Romans 5, 3 through 5, the NLT version reads, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So this patience is about waiting. So the patience we've been talking about up to this time is about waiting, waiting on God, waiting on his timing and trusting God, but God is not concerned with time. He is all knowing, he is sovereign, supreme in power and dominion and ruler of the universe. He is omnipresent, present in all places at all times. He is the beginning and the end. David says that his time is in his hands. Peter tells us that one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Um, Ephesians tells us that we are God's masterpiece created new in Christ Jesus with a purpose that he prepared long ago. A purpose, each one of, them, of us has a purpose that God has prepared for us long ago, outside of time. He knows our coming, he knows our going, he knows when we sit, when we stand, he knows every word before it comes out of our mouth. He is beyond time. Jesus displays this character of the Father throughout his time on earth. One of my favorite um, examples of this is when Jesus is on his way to save uh, a man's 
young daughter from dying. So he's on his way and there's a crowd following him. And a woman bleeding for 12 years, desperate, touches his robe in hopes if I just touch his robe, I will be healed. She touches his robe and he stops in the middle of the crowd and says, who touched my robe? He stopped to acknowledge this woman and he tells her, your faith has healed you. The man's friends came and told, told him, your, your daughter is dead. And Jesus said, no, she's just sleeping. But he was not concerned for time. I don't know how anxious I would have been um, if I was on my way to, to save somebody, uh, to stop to acknowledge. But Jesus' example here, he is not concerned with time. He's all-knowing and patient. So the word used there in, in Galatians 5.22 is the word, mm, this is me speaking Greek, so I hope I, it's there on your paper, but mac, macrothenia, macrothenia. And it comes from the word macros, meaning long in time, and the word thumos, meaning passion, temper, fierceness, wrath. So together, it means uh, a long time before you display temper or fierceness. So patience, the definition for macros is macrothenia is patience, forbearance, long suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs, slow to become angry. A definition that I came across um, while studying is to hold back, to remain calm internally and externally. To remain calm internally and externally when aggravated. To have a long fuse, even though we would be justified to respond, we hold back. One who possesses the power to avenge but refrains from doing so. This patient, patience is more about how we bear with one another. Ephesians 4.2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Colossians 3.13 reads, make allowance for each other's faults. Make room, ladies, for others to make mistakes, to be human. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now I'm going to read from uh, Luke 17, 1 through 10, but I'm, I'm not going to um, read that whole section. I do encourage you to, to go through it yourself. Um, I'm just going to pick out um, a couple places. Um, I'm going to read from um, Luke 17, 3b to 4, and 7 through 10. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. That means make it known. Many times people sin against us, and they don't even know that they've sinned against us, right? It could be a, a snide remark or something that was said or a face gesture that may have offended us um, that we're holding against somebody. 
make it known to your brother and sister if they've offended you, right? If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. Then Jesus goes on to give an example of this um, starting at seven. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he has, was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our, do, our duty. Lady, I, ladies, I know that there are hard things to forgive. But it's a command that God says that we are to do. We should always be ready to forgive. Forgiveness helps us to lengthen our fuse. So I want to tell you a, a story um, in hopes that it could bring these two um, uh, definitions of patience together. Okay, I have this precious little baby grand, grandbaby, right? All my grandbabies are precious. All you grandmas know out there that your grandbabies are the most precious grandbabies. Uh, so I have this uh, little uh, grandbaby girl, but she is persistent, okay? Once it's in her mind, it's there and it does not leave. Well, one day she came, um, my daughter brought her, so I watch her throughout the week and, and she's crying because she forgot a stuffed animal that she was brand new yesterday and she didn't bring it that day. So she was crying because she wanted this stuffed animal. So I took her and I comforted her and calmed her down and she was fine. Five minutes later, she's crying again and I'm talking crying like devastation, crying that she wants this stuffed animal. And so I comforted her. This goes back and forth for a good hour. And I'm, I'm spent at, by the end of this. And I'm like, I, I'm ready to, to go mom mode, not grandma mode, but mom mode on this little grandbaby girl. Um, and then the Lord stopped me and said, don't try to take away her persistence. I made her that way. Teach her to be patient in it. And this reminds me of how God is patient with us. It reminds me of how God was patient with the Israelites, right? As soon as they were freed from Egypt and they seen the Egyptians coming after them, they started grumbling and complaining. Why did you bring us to the desert to die? So God did a miracle, opened the Red Sea. Then they started complaining. There is no food. There is no water. God did a miracle and miracle. Right, every time they complained, God did a miracle. In Exodus 3, 6, it reads, the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger 
So he is describing himself to Moses. And this slow to anger here is patient. He's saying that he is a patient God and, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. While the, the Israelites continued to complain and God continued to perform miracles. God finally got to a point where he told Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? I will strike them down with the plague and destroy them. <clears throat> then Moses tells God in number 17, 14, 17 through 18a, uh, he tells the Lord, now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared the Lord is slow to anger, abiding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Sometimes we have to, to remind ourselves who God is, right? Throughout the day, even though I, I, I um, calmed my, my baby girl down, I told her, uh, explained to her. First, I prayed because I was at the end of myself. Uh, so I prayed, Lord, help me. And I, I sat her down. I acknowledged her feelings um, and told her she could get her baby or her baby dog puppy at the when she got back home. But throughout that day, she would say, no, no, I'm getting my puppy when I go to mama's house. Yes, baby girl, you're getting your puppy when you go to mama's house. So, and so a few times that day, she would tell me, Mom, Nana, I'm getting my puppy when I go to Nana's house. And this is a, similar to what Moses said, reminding himself who God said that he was. Sometimes we have to be patient with others, bearing with them as they are patient and waiting on God's timing. I would like to end our time with a prayer that Paul had for the Ephesians that is still true and relevant today. And it comes from Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, ladies.